0: center field, DeMarco, there to make the catch, anchored down, Vanderbilt on top of the college baseball world again. That's how it sounded last night on ESPN as Vanderbilt won their second College World Series championship. They topped Michigan by a score of 8-2. to It is a sports pen on ESPN-UP coming at you live from the ESPN-UP WZAM studios here in downtown Marquette, Michigan. Tanner Hoops with you, glad to have you along. Jake Durant from Local 3 joins me. What's up, Jake? You just had to play that, didn't you? I'm sorry. You just had to play that. I was rooting for Michigan. I was definitely
1: rooting for Michigan. I'm a huge Michigan fan. I didn't really pay attention to Michigan baseball all season, and I knew once I started actually like paying attention and watching the games, I knew that nothing good was going to come out of it. After game 1, I was like, "You know what? I'm just going to turn it on and just have it playing in the background. I'm not going to really pay attention. Started watching it and then Vanderbilt you know, did what they did in the last two games. I had to watch uh Skip Bayless just destroy Michigan, mm-hmm. so it was just disappointing. I just, you know, Michigan they haven't really come close to winning a football national championship. Um, you know, basketball they've been in in the conversation, haven't been able to get it done. So I was going to be okay. I'll, I'm, I'm alright. I'll take a baseball national championship, but unfortunately they they couldn't get it done. Still a, a great year. It's just good to see. Um, you know, those young guys on that team kind of step up, and, and you know, they have a really good program there right now. I have a lot of momentum, great uh, G, uh, manager, and, uh, yeah, man, it, it, it was still cool to see them in the World Series. Unfortunately, it just didn't, didn't turn out the way us Michigan fans wanted it to, and it's the way it goes sometimes.
0: They go farther than any Big Ten baseball team has since 1966. Eric Bakich continuing to build a wonderful program there. His seventh year, and now the question's going to be will the – Uh, athletic department at Michigan be able to keep him. Ward Manuel, we're really going to see how much he cares about baseball at Michigan. Is it a basketball, football school only, or now is baseball going to start to get some of the limelight? Because you can bet, Bakic, only at 41 years old, his seventh year at Michigan, you see where he's brought them already. He's going to be a hot commodity this offseason. A couple years ago, he had the chance to leave for South Carolina right around the peak of their baseball experience, and he chose to stay at Michigan. I don't know that Tells me that he likes where he is. He loves Michigan. But there are going to be a lot of teams that are going to come uh, calling for him. So it would be who of uh, Michigan, let's say, to give him that extension now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you would have to, you would have to do that, and you would hope that he would, he would decide to stay there. I mean, he has good things going for him. He has a lot of good young players. Um, and why not? I mean, why can't you be a football, basketball, baseball school? Why can't you be good in three major sports? I mean, Michigan's not Ohio State. Mm. You know, they, it's not just football. So, uh, yeah, I would love to see um, him get an extension. I would love to see him build that program. Um, Like I said, I don't see why they couldn't come back and and make another run at it again next year. And like you said, he's very young, so um, you'd be crazy not to try to offer him and kind of keep him there and, and just see where that could could take uh, the program. Like you said, 1966, that's a long time so obviously he has something going. I like the way he recruits. Um, he goes into areas where he general, generally might not go to get some baseball players and, and it seems to be working. He's a players coach and and just, you know, he checks off all the checklists you want in a, in a coach for, you know, one of your sports programs. So um, go blue and I hope he sticks around.
0: Michigan will lose five to the draft from a team that went 50-22 and 22 this season. Meanwhile, Vanderbilt sits in S.E.C. record winning fifty-nine games this year. They are the first college World Series champion to win fifty-nine games in a single season since 1989 when Wichita State did so. I tell you what, I think everyone can appreciate Kamar Rocker and the job that he did. He wins the tournament's most outstanding player. He is the sixth true freshman ever to do it, had his chance to go pro last year, decided to come to college and pitch for Vanderbilt. I tell you what, he's going to make an MLB team really, really happy in next year's draft.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that program at Vanderbilt, you know, won a couple national championships. I think they were runner-up a year in the last six or so seasons. And like you said, he's just a great player and, and one of those special talents. Um, and, and, and yeah, I mean, for him to come into college and actually take that route and just do what he did and and just show composure and show that he has the, the mental game and in the physical tools i think you know he just helped himself out a lot and and guys like that don't come around uh very often and he's a surefire you know top pick i think and he's going to be fun to watch in the pros
0: i'm a notre damer is it wrong of me to want a michigan team to win because i was during this tournament i wanted the wolverines to
1: do it yeah i mean a lot of you know i had a lot of uh uh, friends and things who are fans of Big Ten teams other than Michigan, you know, actually tell me, you know, I'm kind of rooting for Michigan just because it's been so long since a Big Ten team, you know, was able to come out with a national championship in mm-hmm. baseball. I even had a couple Sparty Sparty fans say they they, hey, they we, we're just rooting for the Big Ten teams. And they, um, I don't know how I don't yeah I don't know how genuine it was, but um, I know uh, Tom Kippen from local three uh, I where I where I work. A uh, huge Michigan State fan. I know he was probably, he said he was kind of rooting for Michigan, but I know he was really relieved when, when Michigan went down. So um, it's one of those things where you kind of get get behind your conference. And, um, yeah, like I said, it's just it was just good to see a, a Big Ten team kind of show out and, and showcase that they can play baseball too.
0: Well, it was good for baseball fans in this state to see a team have success like that. Tell you what, the Tigers are fading fast. Start to the season where they exceeded expectations. They lost 3-1 to this afternoon to Texas. And they are just not protecting their home field. How about this? With today's loss, they've now lost 20 of their last 22 home games.
1: I mean, we knew it was going to be bad going... going into the season, obviously they kind of came out and were, you kind of were like, wait, yeah, they're you know they're actually playing pretty well. Maybe they got something going, but I think you know reality is kind of setting in, and and you know there's this young team, a uh, young team that's rebuilding. So um, I haven't really been running a lot of Tigers highlights, and when I have, it's it's no Tiger highlights. It's always the opposing team, yeah. and um, you know it's just it's just the reality of of a young team that's in rebuild mode, and um, hopefully they can keep bringing in prospects and and keep getting some sort of a momentum going and and maybe some years down the line they'll be a good team again
0: Well, the brewers looking like they are gonna avoid the sweep today they're up on seattle four to two top of seven we'll keep an eye on that did you get that inside the park home run and the highlights last night ben gambles inside the parker did that grace local three
1: it did not great it didn't because the game ended so close to 11 um and i did I, have
0: to stay up for that yeah, yeah
1: you know so um there's like you're not allowed to run if for those who don't know we're not allowed to run highlights before the game's over Mm. and i have to have my rundown set by 11 so if the highlight the game's not done and i don't have the highlights physically at my computer then it's not going to get ran so unfortunately i didn't get that highlight Um, but we'll, we'll run some brewers highlights today
0: We've got a lot to get to over the course of the next hour. Certainly a lot of basketball, a lot's been happening today already, a lot's been happening in the last hour, and a lot is going to happen over the course of the next three days or so when free agency officially begins. Plus, I've got some Joe Namath audio that the NFL doesn't want you to hear, but if you keep it tuned right here to ESPN-UP, you're going to hear it. And uh, UConn officially has a new home, or... A new old home, I guess, as they make their way back to the conference where it all began. But I tell you what, sticking with baseball for now, John Carlos Stanton makes his way back to the injured list. General Manager Brian Cashman says he will likely miss uh, most of the season, come back in August. He only played nine games so far this year. I don't think it's going to hurt the Yankees much, the way that they're hitting the ball right now, unfortunately. But Stanton out until then i don't know if that's a huge loss they still got a guy named aaron judge is that yes they've still got a bunch of guys who can mash the ball Mm -hmm. and they're going to get him back just before the playoffs
1: yeah yeah i mean you you have so many riches so much hitting power um they can they're one of those teams that can afford to lose a guy like that unfortunately you know they they got him and and are paying him nine games that's not a lot Mm -hmm. but yeah like you said i think they'll be fine um I'm one of those, I don't really, like I said this before, but I don't really root for like a a certain team, Um, but I do like Aaron Judge, I'm an Mm -hmm. Aaron Judge fan, and I'm not saying I'm a Yankees fan by any means, but I know you're looking at me like that, but um, I do just, I like to see, I'm one of those guys, I want to see home runs, I want to see hits, and the Yankees are a team that consistently do that every single game, so...
0: Well, I tell you what, the Yankees fans are going to act like the sky is falling. You just know what's going to happen. We well, lost poor one me. Guy. Poor me. Oh, poor me. <laughs> one guy who can hit the ball 500 feet. It's not like we have nine others who can right. do that. But they're going to get Marcus Stroman, and I'm just dreading that day when it comes. I hope I'm proven wrong. Like, if I've ever had a take on the show where I hope I'm wrong, that's it. I, just, I t- hope they well, don't, don't get Stroman. You don't think your twins can take him? I'm worried. Right now, I think it's still the Yankees. Yeah. I think I mean, it's still their American League to lose. Yeah. I, I hope the I Twins agree. take them, though. I hope the Twins still make some moves here coming up.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Twins have been pretty good, as far yep. as I know. So, yeah, I know you called that kind of in the beginning of the season. So, yeah, I mean, it, that'd be I thought cool they'd be see. better this
0: year. I didn't think they'd be this good. Right. But I did think they'd be better, and I'm glad that they are better. Yep. They're trying to knock off – they're trying to complete a sweep over Tampa right now. They're tied at two in the seventh inning. But I tell you what, let's take our first time out a little bit early because I have a lot I want to get to regarding the NBA and more specifically free agency. Hasn't even started. Still three days away, and LA's already won. New York is already lost. That's coming up next in the Sports Pen on ESPN UP.
1: Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at four on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP
0: app. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant, with you on the Sports Pen this Thursday afternoon. Glad to have you along on ESPN UP. Well, I tell you what, it is going to get crazy in the NBA. And I love it. I'm excited for this free agency period. It starts Sunday night officially at 6 o'clock Eastern, but we know what's going to happen for the most part. I think, in all honesty, about 90% of the deals are probably already in place, Mm -hmm. and we know where a lot of these guys are going. And as of today, it looks like the Lakers are going to be the big winners in this free agency period. Meanwhile, the New York Knicks, another swing and a miss. Man, I tell you what. Shocker. I feel for those guys a little bit. Although, I'm not surprised whatsoever. I'm just not surprised at all. I saw this coming. They free up all this cap space. They can sign two max superstars. And in all likelihood, they're going to come up empty-handed. Actually, to add insult to injury, the front office said that if they don't get Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant, then they may offer Boogie Cousins a one-year deal. Mm. That's just like... Sticking a knife in and twisting it.
1: A few years ago that that sound would sound pretty great. Oh, they're I don't doing even, parade, that yeah. guy can't even jump rope anymore. He can't get off the ground. No. So um, if you you know, you get rid of Christoph Porzingis and you're you know, promising your fans you guys are gonna free up this cap space to get to get big names and you end up with Boogie Cousins who's maybe a shell of himself um now you know it, it's still he still has some time to re- fully recover and things like that so maybe he can return to something like he was but he's not going to get anything near where he was when he entered the league you know unless you get like a Kevin Durant to come there who you know is still linked to the team other than that it seems like everything's fizzing out towards mm-hmm. the towards the um actual free agency period but um you know it's going to be interesting i just love the nba because of how many some people might say, you know, some older heads might say, "Oh, why aren't these players moving around so much and and not staying loyal to teams and things like that?" But I mean, I love the 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 movement. I love the, the, the strategy of it and and setting your teams up and and you know the superstar players trying to get guys to come and play with them, I mean why would you not want to play with your players and things like that? you know I kind of like how the league is kind of moving into that direction where um, it's all right if you're a if you're a player and you're on three different teams in your career as long as you're you're winning and um, making money so um, more power to the players but i i mean i'm so excited to kind of see what happens. Um, obviously the Lakers are a huge thing Kawhi Leonard is is the big name you know where is he going to go is he going to stay in Toronto so um, you know, and you've know, got Kyrie, Kevin Durant Kemba Walker um, a lot, just a lot of big names man a lot of big names on the market and it's, it's just going to be cool to see where they end up and how it's going to shift power in, in the league
0: I never thought Kyrie Irving was going to New York. He just never struck me as a guy who really had interest there. He is interested in Brooklyn. I don't know why. But how embarrassing is that for the Knicks? You offer them max money. You get to play in Madison Square Garden. Instead, they want to play just across the river, go into the shadows and play in Brooklyn. It's a bad look for your franchise. I wouldn't be surprised if Boogie Cousins rejects their offer. He went to Golden State, took a huge pay cut because he wanted to be on a competitive team. He wanted to win a ring. He's going to be far from competitive in New York.
1: Yeah, I mean, the only way Boogie would go there is if New York ob- obviously offers him a an offer that he can't turn down. Mm-hmm. That's way above. And I don't know what that other, would be. I don't know what that would be either. But um, you know, he lost a hundred million dollars when he injured his Achilles, and now you know he might be in a position. He went to Golden State to win an easy ring, didn't happen. So um, at this point, my mindset: if I'm him, I'm just going to take what I can get. I, you know, I'm going to go to a team who's just going to pay me more, probably more than they should give me. So. New York who does New York things, New York Nick things and signs a washed up player, you know, that or an injured player that's a shell of himself for too much money, then I guess I would just go there and, and play out the few years that that I get signed. It doesn't you know, Kyrie is one of those guys you don't really know what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. He he thinks a different way. He's he's kind of, you know, I guess a unique kind of out He's there weird. strange weird yeah. um you know i think it's perfect fit brooklyn's a perfect fit for him you know <laughs> you know very hipster-ish like kind of out there um mm-hmm. kind of community um place uh, i think he fits in perfectly there so i could definitely see him playing in brooklyn if it's not brooklyn where is it you know la, probably I, don't, LA. I don't know like i don't know i just don't see it so I, you know i i would like to see d'angelo russell go out to la um Although I I don't think it's in the Lakers' best interest to sign another big max deal guy unless it's Kawhi Leonard.
0: I never saw Kevin Durant going there. I just didn't. For one thing, their organization is doing their darndest to show that we aren't structured. We aren't a sound place for you to want to come play banning a reporter from the locker room, and they get fined $50,000 for doing so. They're doing their darndest to show how poorly managed they are. Another thing, Kevin Durant and his business interest, or something you got to take into consideration. New York's not a good place to start a business right now. With a lot of the regulations and the policies that are going into New York, it's not a good place for business right now, and it wouldn't be smart of Kevin Durant to take that with them. And that was a big reason why I didn't think that he would end up going to New York at all. And the other thing being, this is the one I find hilarious. The owner, James Dolan, has come under plenty of fire. Everyone hates him. Knicks fans, non-Knicks fans, I don't know. Uh, But no one likes James Dolan. And he said that he is hesitant to sign Kevin Durant because of his injury. He doesn't know what he's going to get when he does come back to the floor a little over a year from now. Which I understand, fine. But he said that he will not offer anything to Kevin Durant until he personally gets to review his medical records. Like, are you kidding me? Do you have a doctorate? Are you James Dolan, M.D.? If anything, if you get Kevin Durant, you are going to give your fans a reason to care about your team. You are going to sell optimism. If you get Kevin Durant and he doesn't play this year, you keep him on the shelf and let him rest and recuperate and get healthy, then fans are at least optimistic. They have something to look forward to. If you don't, and you scare him away because you personally, someone with no medical background, want to check his medical records, then what? Your fans are going to hate it. They have nothing to look forward to. They look forward to RJ Barrett and maybe Boogie Cousins paired up with Kylo Quinn. It's terrible. It's
1: terrible. I mean, sometimes you know things are better left unsaid. You can think of some, you can have an opinion and and want to do something, but you don't have to go out and, and say it, you know, and, and tell people it. You know, he could have easily just kept that to himself, and and if he wanted to check the records before making a deal with Durant, then then go ahead and do that. Why did you why do you go out in the media and say that? But you know that's just another poor decision that he's been making, and that's I mean that's just a string of decisions which shows why he's not a great owner, and that's why the New York Knicks have been so bad in in over the years. So um, does it surprise me? If he says something like that? No, but like you said, don't be throwing that stuff in the in the air, um, especially days before you know you're going out and trying to sign free agents who was it I think it was Andre Igu- Iguodala said no one's going to sign with the New York Knicks mm-hmm. you know that should go right there show you what the the perspective of players mindset is when it Why comes to the New to? York Knicks. I mean you're exactly like you said a lot of it's like it's a big market and you can get business mm-hmm. and things like that it kind of puts you on a bigger stage I can see that side but like you said in the city of New York maybe business isn't great would it kind of make your name a little bit bigger maybe expand your brand a little bit maybe but it just seems like right now players are tending to want to just go to places where they can win and and, and you're not going to do that in new york especially when you now you have a team like brooklyn who's right across the way with all the momentum and that young group of supporting characters and they're kind of the hot team right now so right now it's it's just looking really bleak Stephen a said it best he's really scared yeah he is really scared and and i fear for nick's fans um If they come out of this free agency empty handed,
0: did you hear Stephen A today? I never heard him sound so depressed I mean I, it was tough. It was tough to listen to. I feel for him he he can he can see the writing on the wall yeah, he can you know so can a, everyone a, lo- a lot of people front office yeah,
1: a lot of people can you know um Man, it's, 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 it's going to be bad. I, I, I'm interested. i interested. I'll definitely tune in to, to first take You know when, when the Knicks don't get any, anybody. I think it's going to be hilarious.
0: It is hilarious, and I don't feel bad for them whatsoever. You can always count on the Knicks to mess things up and come out with the worst possible scenario in any situation. As long as they have this current front office, that's what's going to happen. The glory days of the early 2000s, if, that's a stretch, but if you want to want to call it that that's about as close to glory days as they have otherwise you want to go back to like bernard king but i tell you what they look to be the losers of the free agency period that still doesn't start for another three days the big winners especially here in the last hour the la lakers now in case you missed it here's what happened Anthony Davis, the trade for him was officially completed. The Lakers sent three players, including Mo Wagner, to Washington to complete the deal. Anthony Davis then waived his $4 million trade kick, so that gives the Lakers $32 million in cap space, which they can either spend on a top-tier talent, give them the max, or they can build up a roster full of depth around LeBron and AD. Now, in exchange for Anthony Davis doing so, LeBron James is giving him his jersey number. LeBron James is giving up the jersey number 23, which Anthony Davis has worn throughout the entirety of his NBA career. I don't know what LeBron's going to go to. Maybe he'll go back to six, but I guess that's part of the deal. And I wouldn't be surprised if when Space Jam 2 comes out, Anthony Davis is paid more than anybody else, even the real actors, because it's a basketball movie, but they've got to have some real actors in it. The first one had Bill Murray.
1: Right, yeah, you got to have some sort of actual experience on the movie set otherwise i i think it will come off a bit corny mm-hmm. you know space jam one i'm not saying it was corny at all but it almost walked the line a little bit here a little there. bit but, yeah but bill murray kind of was able to like give it a little bit of legitimacy so yeah i do I'm, I'm i'm more messed up in the head by the fact that it's just a completely different different plot like how are you calling it space jam 2 if it's if it's not building off the first one right. or a reenactment of the first one with just different people. I, you know, I'm interested to see what it is. I'm going to watch it. Do I think it's going to be good? I think LeBron's a pretty good actor, so mm-hmm. we'll see. And and I think the supporting cast he has is okay. Uh, but now, if there's like the Monstars aren't going to be around, I, right. I, I just don't really know. Like I was picturing in my head Space Jam One and who could fill those roles. But now I'm just kind of interested to see what the whole storyline is going to be.
0: Sequels are tough. I think LeBron will act well. He's a good actor. He yeah. really is. I enjoy any movie that I see LeBron act in. But sequels are tough to follow up. So many times they fall flat. Very rarely is the sequel as successful or more successful than the original. Have you ever seen the Speed franchise with Sandra Bullock? Mm -hmm. I tell you what, Speed 2 is often regarded as one of the worst movies made all time. I'd rather watch Speed 2 than the original Speed.
1: I'm not saying it's a good movie, but I'd rather watch it. What what one is the, the Speed 2? What one is that? The one on the boat. On the boat, okay. No, I like the bus one.
0: I like movies on boats. I don't know why.
1: <laughs> I like the bus one. I don't even remember Speed 2. I don't even know if I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen the one, first one, though.
0: Yeah, they don't have Keanu Reeves for number two. Yeah, well, they messed up. Yeah, they messed up. But either way, no matter who Space Jam 2 gets to be an actual actor in that movie, Andy Davis will make more than him, based on that project alone. I guarantee you mm-hmm. that's got to be all part of this. So what the Lakers have done is put them in a prime position where they can hire another max player or they can spend that money on role players and provide depth to LeBron and AD. They have the choice now. They haven't had that for a while. I still think that the right thing to do is spread that money around and add depth. Don't put all your eggs in one basket and hope that all three, LeBron, AD, and whoever you sign stay healthy, unless it's Kawhi Leonard. He's Mm. the only one that I would give that max contract to. Otherwise, the other top-tier free agents, I mean, you need a point guard. So that probably takes Jimmy Butler out of the equation. A few weeks ago, I thought he was going to go to the Lakers. I don't think that anymore. Mm -hmm. So you have three point guards you could potentially give the max offer to. Kyrie, Kemba, and D'Angelo Russell. Two of those three, talented scorers, but terrible passers and extremely inefficient, put up a lot of shots. And to be honest with you, I'm not sure that D'Angelo Russell is ready for max money. I'm not sure yet. And the third one talked about it earlier he's a weirdo do you really want mr flat earth mr bad locker room culture mr what does government mean to you stay woke stay woke yep
1: um i mean i'm right there with you if if you can't if if you're not getting Kawhi leonard then then just divvy the money up and get shooters Mm -hmm. get your kyle corvers your jr smiths your jj reddick jj reddick your seth Curry's. you know darren collison could be a name um you know get those type of guys you definitely need some front court depth um, you know, if you if you get a Kawhi, that's just so unfair. Um, that if one of those guys goes down, there's two guys remaining, it doesn't really matter who you have. Um, you know, you can you can kind of keep the ship from sinking, uh, t- so to speak. But you know, if you go and spend the max money on like a D'Angelo Russell, and you don't, you know, y- your bench is a little bit less quality of player. You know, and someone gets hurt or something like that, then you're you're pretty much you're you're you know you're not gonna Make a champion. It's, you're not going to get a, a championship. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm with you. I mean, if Kawhi Leonard goes to L.A., I, you know they could pick some guys up off the street and I think they could they could be very competitive in the west. I could go over there call up the G League. They can bring me. I was a very successful shooter in at Marquette Senior High School, you know, I could stand out in the corner, let them three do their job, and if they want to kick it out to me once in a while, I'll launch a three and you know, we can make it work. Um, but I do think it would be better to just surround those guys with high-quality shooters get some guys that can play defense, get some guys that are versatile and, you know, can do a lot of things and rebound. And then, you know, you have a superstar on the perimeter, superstar down low. I think LeBron can play your point if he really has to. He's still one of the better passers in the league. Um, so I would I would think you would be smarter if you can't get Kawhi. Don't waste your money. Don't go get Kemba. Don't go get D'Angelo. Don't go get, you know, Kyrie's right there. Eh, but... Do we really want to see that? I don't know. I don't know.
0: My wish list, if I were the Lakers and I had to give out the max to any of those four, Kawhi is far and away number one. Kyrie would be number two, Kemba, and then D'Angelo Russell. You have to solve the shooting need, and you probably need somebody who's going to handle the point. The point guard has to be the biggest role the Lakers are going to fill this offseason. Their best shooter last year was Lance Stevenson, who, by the way, wore number six for the Lakers last year. Maybe he'll give that up if he comes back, but he'll be a free agent as of Sunday night. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's a conversation him and LeBron are having or what have you, but either way, fun to speculate about. Uh, you got to get a shooter and preferably somebody who can handle the point.
1: Yeah, I mean, you need debt because obviously the league right now, um, I don't think you can't wear down LeBron during the regular season. You're going to have to let him kind of be on the bench he'll miss some back-to-back games and you need a second unit that can come out and at least hold their own and not get ran out of the gym you know what i mean so um yeah i mean they got they got some options they got some options obviously they're going to look into everything um right now i do think they're going to try to make the biggest splash i think they're going to push hard for Kawhi leonard i don't see why not um you know it's la socal that's where leonard's from all signs of pointing that he's going to stay in Toronto. I know the Raptors are very confident that they're going to get him back, but he's kind of like a Kyrie a little bit. You're not really sure what he's thinking. You know, he doesn't really, you know, show what he's, what's really on his mind. And you, you never, you never know. I know there was a report that he was going to, going to go down to Dallas. And I was like, you know what? That doesn't surprise me. I don't, I don't know how, the tr- how much truth behind that. But when I saw that, I'm like, that does not surprise me that this out of left field, you know what I mean? But, it's going to be interesting to see if – but if Leonard, LeBron, and AD team up, I mean, that's just so unfair. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: We're going to push up against the next commercial break. A couple of things I still want to get to, but i gotta, I got to relay this. We do have a Magic Johnson tweet since the trade went down. It says, quote, wow, wow and a third wow in all caps. What a trade and big move by Jeannie and Rob to clear $32 million in cap space. This move puts the Lakers in play for all of the free agents. I can't wait until Sunday. It's going to be exciting. I tell you what, you hear this in politics a lot. Every year since 1988, or I should say every election since 1988, when America's changed presidents, they come from different political affiliations, and you hear so much that the guy is undoing his predecessor's Policies, undoing his legacy. You hear that Trump's doing that to Obama. Obama did that to Bush. Bush did that to Clinton. Clinton did that to Bush Sr., etc. And that's what Rob is doing right now with Magic Johnson. And you think about it, he's almost doing a mirror image of what Magic Johnson did. Magic drafts Lonzo Ball. Rob Polinka ships him out, flips him for Anthony Davis. Magic trades out D'Angelo Russell. And D'Angelo Russell may be a Laker by Sunday when it's all said and done. Rob Palenka is literally undoing everything that Magic Johnson did during his time as the president of the Los Angeles Lakers. And I tell you what, I'm one of them. I think a lot of us owe Rob Palenka a huge apology.
1: Yeah, I mean, just a few weeks ago, he was just getting roasted. But I think Magic wasn't, obviously Magic wasn't doing the job. I mean, he was making poor decision after poor decision, but um Palenka, as you can see I think he's kind of putting it back in magic's face saying everything you, we're just going to do completely the opposite of what you were doing and watch us be a better team um you know those trades they made today and and obviously with uh Davis waving his trade bonus I mean that's huge that's huge I mean you're going from 23 million in cash space up to like 32 million um, and like you said, it just kind of opens the doors. The Lakers for so long have been kind of strapped and not being able to make their own moves. Now they have, you know, some options. So um, huge mark. You got LeBron there, AD. I mean, it's just an exciting time. It just gives Lakers, Lakers fans hope. They came a long way in just a few short months.
0: A month ago, they were going through a really poorly handled coaching search, and they looked like an absolute mess. And now there's so much optimism out in L.A. right now. Laker land has a lot to be excited for. Maybe the Knicks. They don't need to go after players or free agents. They need to go after Rob Belenka. Get somebody in that front office who can make things happen like yeah. this. At some point, they're going to smarten up and, and clean house, I would I would think. I tell you what, last thing before we go to break, and this was going to be what dominated, I thought, our NBA talk before this happened. It was the big news this morning. Adrian Wojnowski, around 9 o'clock this morning, dropped a Woge bomb, as he loves to do, and he said that the Boston Celtics have emerged as the front runners to land Kemba Walker, Uh, Michael Jordan, team president of the Charlotte Hornets, said that they are not willing to give Kemba the max, and Boston will. Boston has the money to do so. They want to replace Kyrie Irving with Kemba Walker. Originally, it looked like they had their backcourt set, especially after the way they drafted, and they were going to go after a big man this offseason. Again, I don't know what's the best big man they could get. Like, if Nikola Vucevic is the best big man you can get, you're better off getting Kemba. Mm -hmm i like kemba he's a great scorer he's torched the celtics a bunch of times this year but he's not efficient he's not an efficient shooter he's not a great facilitator help me out how do i feel about this as a celtics fan jake tell me how i feel about this is kemba is he an upgrade over Kyrie? they're pretty comparable talent wise i would say
1: i I mean if you look at the career stats everything's pretty much the same um obviously Kyrie has won an nba championship and showed he can he can do that on a team um obviously I think Kyrie's the better player you know he's the better one-on-one player he can create you know they're both really good scorers but I just think Kyrie's just a little bit better um, creating his own shot he's a little bit more craftier Um, but I think Kemba has that leadership I think you know players who play with him love to play with him Um, he's shown it in eight seasons in Charlotte Um, you know young players like like to play with him I think he can be a leader You, you know he is a scoring point guard and like you said he can be Little inefficient, but you know when you team him up with with Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, I mean I like I like that he it's you know in an area he went to school at UConn, you know up in that area, so I mean I think it's a gonna be a good fit. Obviously, when you lose Kyrie, you want to make a, a splash, in, a signing, and and um I mean Boston has so many assets, so many young players. It seems like they have endless amount of guards right now that can cycle through. Um, I think it's a good fit. I kind of like that. I think, you know, I think it would be a, interesting to see him go to Boston and see if Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum can return to what they were two years ago when I went and saw them, and that whole year they were when they were just tearing the tearing it up. And, you know, I watched a game where they both had 30-something points, and they looked like they were in the next duo superstar. So um, they still got a young team. Obviously, I think they're going to take a couple steps back, and they were pushing for a championship. But, I mean, I think – just give them a little bit of time to develop, and if they bring in Kemba, I don't see why they, they can't still be an elite team in the Eastern Conference.
0: Somewhere in the greater Boston metro area, there is a repairman on his way to the Regier house. He's going to try and fix a few holes punched in the wall. Now, I feel for Scary Terry. Scary He's, one of those, Terry. he's a <laughs> scary <laughs> He's a good enough point guard. He showed it before that he can lead a team and lead them to a high level and really other than game seven of the conference finals a couple of years ago he hasn't given us any reason to think he can't do the job and yet I don't blame the Celtics front office for going out and exploring Kemba because I would rather have Kemba than Terry Rozier. It's frustrating because he's given us no reason to doubt him Kinda of like Nick Foles over in Philadelphia. You always knew Carson Wentz was going to be the guy, no matter what Foles accomplished. I still feel for him at the same point, and he's going to have some hard feelings when and if he leaves Boston. I'll understand that. I wish him the best, and I do hope that things work out for him in the NBA.
1: I think it will. I, he just needs to find a, a situation in a team that you know is willing to give him that shot. Well, come on over to Detroit. Great, Terry. <laughs> come on over to Detroit.
0: Terry Rozier in Detroit would be fun. I, I think that'd be great. Yeah, that would be, be really good fun. Why not? Uh, let's take a timeout. When we come back, we got more NBA talk. This is starting to gain a little bit momentum. Could the NBA be headed toward a shorter regular season and a mid-season cup-style tournament? Maybe even a playoff play-in? I'll tell you why I don't think so next in the Sportsman on espn Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The
1: Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app.
0: Tanner Hoops Jake Durant with you. Glad to have you along with The Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Here is your Sports Center update. Gold Cup soccer, the U.S. men's national team clinched the Group D title last night with a 1-0 win over Panama. Josie Altidore scored in the 66th minute. It's his first international goal since 2017. Next up, Curaçao in the quarterfinal round Sunday night in Philadelphia. NHL, one of the greatest net binders in league history, is hanging up the skates. Yesterday, Roberto Luongo announced his retirement after 19 seasons. And then today, a few moves. The Vegas Golden Knights clear low cap space, dealing Eric Howlett to Carolina. Carolina then makes veteran Patrick Marlowe an unrestricted free agent. And finally, last night in the 58th annual Congressional Baseball game at Nationals Park in Washington, D.C., the Congressional Democrats won for the 10th time in the last 11 meetings. They topped the Republican team 14-7. to 7. Congressman Cedric Richmond of Louisiana took home MVP honors. I tell you what, I like following that, that Congressional baseball game. It's kind of fun, you know, especially with the political climate the way it is. It's fun to have something like that. As And uh, you think about a couple of years ago, the tragedy that nearly cost Steve Scalise's life with the shooting during a uh, practice for that game. And... Uh, last year he got a he assisted on a putout his first play and last night was back in the game doing what he loves to do so it's kind of fun I enjoy following those things and I tell you what I love this I love analytics numbers stats and stuff like that somebody you can google this broke down stats like player by player stats for all these congressmen during their time playing in this uh congressional game And Cedric Richmond, the congressman from Louisiana, was the uh, pitcher for the Democrats last night that won the MVP. They calculated his war. Like, they don't just do batting average and everything. They go really deep, like wins above replacement. And they calculated that Cedric Richmond, Congressman Richmond's war over the course of a 162-game season, like they play in the major leagues, would be 50, which would put him on a scale between... Uh, higher than Babe Ruth, yet below God. Somewhere in that range. Sign him up. Fifth, a war of 50 in the major. And again, this is.
1: <laughs> I mean, who is he playing against? Exactly. I, I mean,
0: this this game usually will get in the 10s and 20s as far as runs scored. Uh, the Republican pitcher last night was uh, Kevin Brady from Texas. And his ERA is. Record setting, and it's 646. <laughs> six. That's more like it. It's more reality. <laughs> I don't really
1: pay attention too much. Obviously, I knew about the whole tragedy that happened and things like that, but I mean, I don't really pay too much attention to it. Um, but it would be interesting to see just how competitive these congress people are I would
0: love to see that to be honest like are they diving for balls and going hard and a few of these guys I mean it does get competitive like bones right. have been broken I'd like to call the game Yeah Wouldn't I mean, fun yeah. I, mean if right I was like in the,
1: if I was in the area and
0: you yeah. know I, I had nothing to do I would probably go check it out just because I think it would be hilarious to watch and going on that war stat you know wins above replacement they calculate how many wins you're responsible for just by being in the lineup The Democrats actually took a major hit as far as their congressional baseball war over the last few months. I think two of their top five congressmen, as far as war goes, weren't reelected this last November. So they lost a couple of guys that really contributed to their team. And they've got four guys that either debated last night or they're debating tonight that have helped their team. Apparently, Eric Swalwell, I think he's debating tonight Apparently, he is like the Billy Hamilton of the congressional game. Like, he's just got wheels. I don't know if he hits well, but he's got wheels.
1: Hmm. Uh, Yeah, you know, I wonder if they're thinking about that when all this, like, election stuff happens. Like, there goes our pitcher. (laughs) Darn.
0: (laughs) Hey, I tell you what, uh, unlike last night's debate, we have working microphones and no bad Spanish being spoken. (laughs) So, uh, I tell you what, uh, potential changes could be coming to the NBA. I don't think so. But we're obligated to talk about them because the commissioner keeps talking about them. He keeps bringing them up enough to the point where we wonder, what does he have up his sleeve? Here's what they're talking about. He's not proposing anything yet, but he's talking about this. Shortening the NBA schedule to as little as 58 games. 30 NBA teams, it means you would play the other 29 teams twice, once home and once away. So shortening from 82, potentially to 58, or anywhere in between. Adding a potential mid-season tournament, a soccer Euro-style, you know, a cup-like tournament uh, for teams who are not in playoff contention and they are fighting for some kind of incentive, whether that be money or the number one overall pick in the draft. And the third thing that's being kicked around is potentially having a play-in tournament for one of the last seeds in the postseason. So it'll give some of those eight, nine seeds a little extra incentive late in the year. I tell you what i don 't think this is going to happen, or the majority of this ninety percent of these things are not going to happen. it wouldn 't be beneficial to the nba and i 'll tell you why if any sport needs this, it would be something like baseball or hockey. sports that don 't have a lot of interest. Why is the NBA trying to do this they don 't have an interest problem it 's one of the more popular sports, maybe because of the drama that happens in the off season, but they still don 't have an interest problem. You know You keep hearing people say, Why would someone want to watch?" The Magic play the Hornets in, you know, late March, oh, early like, April. You know, a game like that. Yeah, g- g- a game that doesn't matter between two teams that aren't going to contend for the title when a lot of teams are in tank mode. Well, I tell you what, I, having a mid cup tournament is not realistic, and it would not be beneficial. Do you think that the NCA tournament benefits from having an NIT? That's what this would be like. But having a mid cup-style tournament for the teams that aren't going to make the playoffs, that are already out of playoff contention, is not going to make people care more about the NBA. Just like the NIT doesn't make people care more about March Madness. Another thing, it's not realistic, because what is the prize? Well, some say it should be for the right to draft the number one overall pick. The thing would be, you'd be getting these guys, these players, to try and play to give themselves a better chance to draft a guy, a college stud, who would fight for their job, who would be coming for their job. Nobody's going to put their their health on oh, you the want line me to, to shoot this
1: ball into? You want me to shoot this ball into this basket? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to actually go shoot on my own hoop.
0: You want me to get this layup in so you have a better chance of replacing me uh, uh, with Zion Williamson? Yeah, do I want Zion
1: to come and take my <laughs> – do I want to be playing against Zion? No, I'm good.
0: Nobody's going to do that. And the other thing, uh, it comes from a financial situation. This goes more toward shortening the regular season schedule. It's a money thing. It's just not going to happen. It's a lot of games. The only way this might happen, and the only thing that could happen, would be shortening it from 82 to maybe like 74. Nothing drastic, but doing it in the interest of player health. Because we're seeing a lot of guys aren't able to make it through an 82-game season. Like poor Bull Bull, he sure won't when he gets to the NBA. You have a lot of guys that are dealing with injury and are at risk. So if they shorten it to something like 74, that's a possibility. That could happen. But 82 to 58, that's cutting 24 games, 12 home, 12 away. Think about the, uh, the financial side of things. Think about the revenue a team generates from one home game and then multiply that by 12, and that's how much they would be losing a season for it. Or, broadcast rights. I am going to say, TV. All 24 games that they'd be losing, the revenue from that it, it would be just something the NBA can't do.
1: You can't replace, that's so much money, you couldn't do add anything else to make up for that. No, it's
0: absolutely not going to happen, and, just
1: for that reason alone. And money is the ultimate factor here. It why, is. That's why I'm just... It's shocking to me that this is even brought up. Mm -hmm. You know, you're talking about taking a fourth of the season
0: away. Yeah. No. It's not happening. The money that you'd stand to lose from that would not make it worth it. The only thing I could see happening, I could see potentially there being some sort of a play-in for one of the final playoff spots. I think they could do something like what baseball did with a wild card a few years ago, and they add a one-game playoff between two wild card teams, the two highest non-divisional winners, and then whoever wins that gets into the series. That could I happen. do like that one. It, yeah.
1: it would be fun to see two teams just exert all of their energy, you know, grind, you know overcome in the series to win and make the last spot in the playoffs only to get swept because they exerted (laughs) all their energy by the top seed i think that'd be fun
0: by the time you get late april or to march in the second round of the playoffs it's not gonna matter no one's gonna care no because that team won't be there anymore would
1: they give the eight nine seed whoever made it some momentum because they're already kind of like playing in those big games no no (laughs)
0: not in the nba
1: no but i do i I do think that one's the more realistic right that might uh, happen
0: Thing. And they might shorten the schedule, but it's not going to be 82 to 58. It I, might be 82 to, like, 76. Right. And
1: I can, you know, right now, especially after this year, when you talk about these big stars getting hurt and Kawhi Leonard, obviously, uh, load management, and he was able to, what, play in 60 games and still they were still able to win a championship. Mm-hmm. And he still was kind of in, banged up, but he was able to make it through the season. I mean, right now it's just about health. So I definitely think, like, something with the games could definitely benefit um, cut out some of the back-to-backs and things like that. Um, because right now, it's it's who can stay healthy, healthiest, the longest. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I just don't see it. But, but a fourth, I mean, I was like, okay, short in the season, that's cool. But 58 games, like, no. what,
0: what are you talking about? Absolutely no. will not There's happen. just no way. Way too much of a financial loss. They'd lose more money from that probably than if a player got hurt and missed an entire season. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not going to suffer as much from Kevin Durant being out all of next year as they would from canceling a fourth of the season.
1: Right, yeah. And, I mean, obviously for the fans, you when you buy tickets, you buy them prior, you know, sometimes months prior, you plan out a trip. I know it can be terrible. I've gone to NBA games where the Stars aren't playing. Um, you know, they just want to sit out for a game, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, um, obviously you want to kind of cut that, that down, too, for the fan experience. But, um, yeah, I mean, if it's if it's not broke or what is the saying – if it's not, if it ain't broke, don't fix if it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I don't it. think there the NBA's broke. It's not broke. They're they're a thriving league. They're they're I think the on top when you talk about the major sports mm-hmm. leagues. So why are you trying to mess with something that's not broken? I don't get it.
0: Let's get baseball to do one of these you know mid season tournaments. If anything, they're kind of doing. Let's something. get them to put some
1: protective nets up first. Then yes, we'll talk that's about the thing. doing the other
0: things. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah, you you got me. That's <laughs> been my mantra on here for a long time. I would like to see Rob Manfred. If we do can't that, get him to
1: put protective nets up. How are we going to get him to exactly, do a but,
0: but good thing they're going to London this week. Actually, I think they touched down a couple of hours ago. Mm. The Red Sox and Yankees are playing three games in Ooh, London this well, weekend. They, they got a
1: good, good game. Yeah,
0: we've got Saturday and Sunday available here on ESPN UP. You can hear both those games right here. We'll have the broadcast Saturday afternoon, Sunday morning, which means the in case you missed it show is being pushed back to 1 o'clock on Sunday. So I tell you what, that's going to be. Fun. They've already got next year's London series scheduled too. I think Cardinals Cubs are going there.
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's cool to see these leagues kind of expanding. I'm interested to see years down the road. You know it, how leagues are going to be, how it's going to work um, when you have you know teams in Mexico, Canada, <laughs> uh, the UK, Europe. Who knows? and we 're all trying to come together and play games i don 't know i don't know how far do you expand the leagues um obviously you're trying to get you 're trying to get fans to watch and um you know that's it's all about money, so it will be interesting to see. Um, how far they expand before we actually move into just be completely virtual reality, you know, sporting events.
0: Something about see. the Yankees in London. That's funny to me. The Yankees I in like London? I like that. Yeah. I know.
1: The Yan- I mean, Yankees and Red Sox, that's interesting that they brought Those two those. teams, yeah. Yeah, but but it, that, that makes sense to me for some reason.
0: Well, I tell you what, we owe you our last time out, specifically because I've got some Joe Namath audio that I want you to hear. The NBA doesn't want you to, but I want you to. Plus, UConn making the move back to the Big East. That is next in the Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen,
1: weekday afternoons at four on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app.
0: If you missed any part of the show today, check it out on demand. Get our free mobile app from the Apple i Store or Google Play. Just look up ESPN UP. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant, with you. Glad to have you along voting for the starters in the MLB all-star game coming up polls just closed I voted did you get your vote in Jake negative you vote for a lot of twins like I did
1: I all of them
0: (laughs) that's what I like to hear (laughs) uh yeah the starter election polls closing we'll be finding out those results uh, a little bit later on so I tell you what uh Joe Namath some people wonder what he's up to nowadays He's struggled with uh with concussion like symptoms and whatnot what have you from uh his playing career and you know you you hear him when he does interviews and what have you and he's certainly struggled with cte like symptoms he was recently on the howard stern show and this audio is from the dan levittour show with Gotts on here from every uh every weekday from 10 to 1 they got it from Sirius XM we got it from them but I tell you what, listen to this, what Joe Namath had to say on the Howard Stern Show. This is fascinating.
2: I called the hospital, and I went over and met with them, and I took a brain scan. Now, they could see the cells in the left side of my head from the forehead back here not getting blood. They were darker than the rest. And so uh, we started with hyperbaric oxygen therapy. And after 40 dives, those dark cells started to lighten up a bit. Really? We took another SPEC scan and cognitive test, then I went back, I took another 40 dives. Went back, did another 40 dives. I did 120 dives in a hyperbaric oxygen chamber, and then two years later, I took another SPEC scan. A year after that, I started in 2012, and my brain is healthy. Why is this not a bigger deal? What you're saying right now could help plenty of Millions, millions upon millions. millions, the veterans alone that get concussions. Yes. Have you gone to the NFL and said, guys, you guys got to go look into this hyperbaric stuff. I mean, have you, have you tried to, uh, is there research on this thing? Yes, yes. And you've done that? I don't know that there's a stadium in our country that has a hyperbaric oxygen unit in there. It's almost admitting uh, the sport is uh, damaging. Right. I believe the players to this at this time that sign their deals and go to play in college even take on the uh, understanding that there's that potential danger. We didn't know that that was a potential danger.
0: First of all, that is amazing that medical science has come that far where they can literally change the chemistry of a human brain and start to wake up cells that had previously been damaged. That's amazing, Mm -hmm. and I'm glad to hear it. I hope that's something that becomes more of a mainstay. Second of all, it was one of the last things he said that really stuck with me, that no stadium in the country has one of those because it would be like admitting that the game does cause brain damage or CTE. Don't we already know that, though? We we know that, but I think legal precedence has to do something with it. The NFL has seen a lot of lawsuits – And they are going to continue to see a lot of lawsuits, not just the NFL, but any kind of football league that causes damage, especially when it comes to CTE and concussion-like symptoms. If the NFL were to get one of these and it would be treatment rather than focusing on preventative care and somebody gets hurt and brings a lawsuit to the table, that could be precedent for a prosecutor to say the NFL is treating a disease that they cause. However, they're doing nothing to prevent it, and the NFL could be up for some kind of liability in court.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it's a slippery slope, obviously. you got to kind of, um, the NFL's wary of, you know, all these lawsuits obviously coming in and things like that. But, man, I, I, if there's if there's evidence that it helps, mm-hmm. it's just unfortunate that you can't, you can't, Get those in the stadiums and and do further testing and and look into it and see if there's something to this. I mean, um, even Joe right there, he sounded like he he was a little more clear. You mm-hmm. know, he was thinking a little bit better. You know, I, I don't know, man. I, um, it's unfortunate. I, obviously, I think everyone knows that these football players are putting themselves at risk, um, and, and there's still players who are deciding to go out and still play. I mean, um, I just it's unfortunate that they can't look for more into this and i think they should definitely do that because you know a lot of players have been taken too soon um, who are dealing with cte and things like that and um you know i just wish they would they would do more to 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 take this on and just look into it
0: if the nfl is not going to take the steps necessary to make this a regular part of football life i hope that somebody does whether that be training staffs medical doctors what have you Because being guilty in the court of public opinion is one thing. The NFL already is in regards to CTE. Being guilty in a court of law could be a whole different thing. And this could set a legal precedence that could be extremely deterring to the NFL if they were to make this part of their regime, if you want to go that route, Mm -hmm. recovery, what have you. Uh, It's unfortunate, but I am glad to see that there are treatments emerging, and I hope they become a regular mainstay. We only have a couple of minutes left, and I want to get to this just to close things out. University of Connecticut officially rejoining the Big East. They were an original member back in 1979. They left in 2013, and now they're back. They left after seven prominently basketball schools decided to form a new Big East, and then they added a few schools like Butler and Creighton and Xavier, and UConn ended up going to the American Conference for a while. The American has decided that they are not going to try and replace UConn for football and just continue with 11 schools, and that leaves UConn still looking for a football home because the Big East does not offer football. Mm -hmm. I don't totally know why they did this move, but, I mean, good for them. Is it only a basketball standpoint? Do they think they'll be better off in the Big East?
1: They must. I mean, Maybe they only care about basketball. I think they might. I mean, back when they were in the Big East, that's when uconn was looked at as a nationally you know a nationally recognized program mm-hmm. once they moved and um, you know i think they won. they won a championship with kevin ollie and then you kind they kind of just fell off really hard um but i mean you go back to the big east obviously you're playing co- good competition kind of puts you on a bigger platform um, I, I miss those days when UConn was was one of those top schools, you know. Emeka Okafor, Ben Gordon, those were the days. Richard Hamilton. Uh, Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker, Ray Allen, you know. Those were the days. So, the, obviously, the history's there with the league and the conference and things like that. Um, but it just shows, I mean, Connecticut football, come on, man. Well, I tell you who's, what. Wait, who's the big name out of Connecticut
0: football? No. Out of Connecticut football? Uh, Byron Jones. Byron Jones. Ooh. Okay. Is that a big name? I'm a, I'm, <laughs> it's big. Some might argue. I mean it's cowboys, but Hell it is five o'clock. It is time to sign off. I appreciate you tuning in and hope you enjoyed the show as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. Appreciate you, my man. Anything going on at Local Three?
1: Uh you know we U P football All Star Week's happening, so we've been busy with that. Um Escanaba Softball girls team just unveiled their banners, so that was a cool little thing um at their their park over there. Um, other than that, man, we're just kind of trucking along. Summer baseball, things like that. It's, it's the slow part of the year. Training camp's coming up for the Packers. Um, and, yeah, I mean, just hanging out, man, enjoying the sun and, and things like that. So it's been good.
0: Well, that is it for us here in the Sports Pen. I'm back on tomorrow, 4 Eastern, 3 Central. Hope to have you join me. For Jake Duran, I'm Tanner Hoops. Thanks for listening to Sports Pen on ESPN-UP.